0: welcome to heidi's lemonade stand where we celebrate the triumphs of people who have overcome their own life's challenges and made our world better people who have taken life's lemons and made lemonade i am heidi your host thank you for joining me well andrea i'm just super excited to talk to you so hopefully this will be a really fun experience for you because i have known you for so long and blessed to know you for at least 15 years and Raise our kids together and everything. So it's just been a great adventure. And I'm just excited to get to know you even better. I want to hear your story. So you can start by telling me three things about you, which I might know, I might not. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Okay. So this is really funny. I had to ask my kids because I'm horrible at, at thinking of things about me. But what we came up with was three things about me is that I have lived in eight different states. I like rock hounding
0: and I have lupus. There you go. Okay. So I did not know about the eight states, but I did know about the rocks and the lupus. So that's pretty good. (laughs) Awesome. I love it. And then I think I wanted to talk to you a little bit about lupus because that's what I kind of have seen you talk about and be so open with and be so supportive of other people. And so I thought, You can share your lemon to lemonade story, but I thought it would be something about telling us about lupus and how that came into your life and what you've done because of it.
1: Well, it came into my life like a Mack truck. Most people who have lupus are diagnosed between the ages of like 18 and 45. I was diagnosed in 2001 when I was 32 ish, middle 30s, I think. And I had three little kids. Carter was like three, Tiana was five or six, and Jeffrey was like seven or eight. So they were little and, and busy. I went into the the big flare, you know, because it's, it's it goes into, sometimes you're flaring, sometimes you're in remission, but I went into a ginormous flare mid-September, beginning to mid-September. You know, it's a new century, a new everything. You got to You gotta do it big, right? So, (laughs) so my body decided it was gonna do it big, and I was just coming off about a strap. We had just moved from Logan to American Fork, and we were living in my folks' basement while we were looking to get a house. I, I started to puff up for like no reason. I could not figure out what it was. I felt just crappy, and and I had all this water weight gain. It's just like, what is going on? Was like, oh, drink more water, we'll flush your system. Do this, do that, do this, do that. And it got to where my legs were just straight. It was like elephant legs. From my thigh, my upper hip, my thigh, all the way down through my toes, it was just one straight line. I was carrying so much water. It was so uncomfortable. I had sausage toes, and I was just... <laughs> I actually tried to do this, which is kind of funny. I poked my foot with a pin, just hoping that it would pop (laughs) and it didn't. And so I, I had so much water weight gain. My face was just puffy, puffy. I don't know what's going on. I can remember sitting downstairs in my mom and dad's basement on dad's recliner, trying to elevate my feet and all this going on. And then all of a sudden on the news, Um, this was September 11th, so I'm sure you can guess what it was. Wow. Um, I was like, Andrea, Andrea, you gotta see this, this is happening. And I sat there feeling like yuck and seeing this happen. And my husband was in the national guard, army national guard at the time. I saw those towers go down and I knew Scott was going to have to go over there. And it was not a happy thought. (laughs) I I felt so, so sad for the people who were in the towers and the people who lost their lives that day. And and I knew that my husband was gonna be going over there to help those people in some way or another. I didn't know how he was gonna be helping. I didn't know when he was gonna be called. Within a month, his unit was called up. By that time, I had been diagnosed with lupus, which is kind of crazy how that came about. But his unit commander, knowing our situation, said, Scott, we're going to transfer you to another unit because they will call the Relief Society out before they will activate this unit. And, you know, we're like, oh, good. But, you know, we should have known, hey, who always gets called first Relief Society. But it gave us an additional year so that we were able to kind of get my lupus under control. Um, before he did go out. He did eventually end up serving 14 months in Iraq, helping to rebuild the country, um, building police stations, um, schools, and all that kind of stuff, uh, trying to mend some of those relations. He was building up what had been blown up the year before, did some incredible things over there but uh when I was first diagnosed you know we had that September 11th stuff going on and it was just crazy he had just gotten a job at ARUP which is at the research park at uh up at the U he was talking to his boss who was an amazing man and telling him kind of about our situation he's like my wife is sick I don't know what's going on and so he told Kojo some of the the symptoms and stuff that i was having and he said hey let me get him in with my friend who is the head of nephrology at the u not just a doc but the doc one of the premier guys in the country and so within a week of scott having that conversation with kojo i was sitting in dr cohen's office i walked into the office they took one look at me and said lupus (laughs) you know and Sat me down. I mean, I I remember that day so well because I was <laughs> I was so puffy that I couldn't find where to put my eyeshadow on my eyes to you know make make myself feel like I looked human. Even uh, my eyes were practically swollen shut just because of so much water retention. Plus I have a, a typical butterfly rash, um, which is one of the, the ways that people are able to, one of the few outside of, it, of lupus is you'll get a malar rash. We call it butterfly rash, right across your nose and your cheeks. But yeah, so I walked into the office there and they're just like, uh-huh, you got it, baby. And I'm kind of going, okay. They sent me in for a kidney biopsy, which wasn't a big deal. A lot of people freak out, but I'm, I'm, I'm one of those weirdos that really is interested in science. And basically what they did is they took a core sample of my kidney and and I'm like, I want to see the needle. I want to see the thing. This is so cool. Can I watch it on the ultrasound? (laughs) And and they're all, are you crazy? I said, no, I'm curious, you know, whatever it is, that's going on inside of my body. I want to see what you're doing and how you're treating it and all that kind of stuff. And they're like, okay. (laughs) So they did that. And um, a few days later, They called me in again for another, for another appointment to talk about the results. And they said, you definitely have lupus, um, World Health Organization has a scale of like one to five, one is you're perfectly healthy, five is you're dead. They said, you're stage four. And they told me there in the office, they said, had we waited one more week, you would either be on dialysis or dead. I just was so appreciative of the miracles that had happened not feeling so horrible and stuff but but the miracles that happened so that I was able to get treated and diagnosed I mean to get into a good doctor usually it's a few months wait, but they slid me in within the week and they had that biopsy within a you know I was I started I started chemotherapy the beginning of October so from September 11th to the beginning of October, from really feeling awful, to actually being treated, unheard of, but such a blessing, such a blessing. Um, And so I did chemo for two years. And it was a day of celebration when I could actually put on real shoes. I remember my my visiting teacher, it was so funny, she was so sweet, so kind. Oh my gosh, biggest heart in the world. But we were sitting next to each other at church and I stuck my foot out. I said, Look, look, I'm wearing real shoes. She's all no way. Because <laughs> I had been wearing these velcro sandals um that had two velcro straps and they were just hanging on by the last little teeth. I had been wearing those for like six to eight months, and I was so thrilled to be able to put on real shoes. My feet were squeezed
0: in. I looked like Cinderella's stepsister, but I was wearing real shoes and it was awesome. Did they ever find out what caused lupus to begin with?
1: You know, lupus is really tricky. Um, It's named for wolves, lupus lupine. Think um, Remus Lupin from Harry Potter. Very tricky, very hard to diagnose. In fact, they don't have a definitive way to diagnose. What they have is they have a list of like 11 symptoms And if you have four or five of them, then they, yeah, you probably get it. Um, If you end up with a positive ANA, which is a blood test that they take with four of those symptoms that are on the list, they're like, yeah, it's hard to diagnose. Most people are misdiagnosed first time around or um, things come back not super clear. When I did get the diagnosis, I'm like, oh, that explains a lot. (laughs) But, but also it was terrifying because I was looking it up online, just naturally here I am, you know, oh, show me the thing that you're going to poke into the kidney. Oh, I've got a name now. So Google, Google, WebMD, blah, 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 blah. And so finding out everything I could about it. They're all this, 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 and it'll kill you. This, 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 and it'll kill you. This, 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 and you're going to die. And I'm kind of going, all righty, it's a good thing. Things are getting started here on treatment, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Never Google your symptoms. (laughs) Everything ends in death.
1: (laughs) It does. And that was one of the things that, that was kind of an epiphany for me. Everything ends in death. Everything's going to kill you. Living kills you. Yes, And we're we're all going to die.
0: So let's live.
1: Exactly. So I'm like, okay, what do we do now?
0: So what did you do? I,
1: I, Reached out to in in my hundred thousand hunts for information on lupus, I found um, Lupus Foundation of America Utah chapter, and so I contacted them. I'm just like I'm new at this. I don't know what this is. I'm kind of frightened and scared, and nervous about what this is going to mean in my life. And they said, Oh, well, hey, we've got a support group around where you live. Kind of, it's in Salt Lake. I'm kind of going, Okay, I'll go. And so I went. And I think I went twice. The first time was an okay experience. The second time was terrible because all they were doing is we were sitting in this really sterile office conference room and everybody was trying to one up each other with how awful their lives were. I'm just kind of going, no, this, this isn't very healthy. You know, I I got to meet some people who were going through some of the same stuff that I was, but I'm just like, yeah, I, I just know that's not the kind of feeling I want to have if I'm going to go to a support group I want to support. So I didn't go back for many, many, many years. I was always kind of on the periphery of things. I was aware of what was happening with the lupus stuff and the CEO reached out to me and said, you know, would you be interested in running a support group? And I'm kind of going, no, (laughs) that's so out of my comfort zone, not gonna happen. And she goes, no, no, come to this meeting here where I'm gonna do a training with, I think there were probably seven or eight of us there from different areas in the state and and just see what you think. So I'm like, well, this is my chance to do something good, you know, because I'm feeling better. This was about six years ago, six or seven years ago, when she approached me. It's like, I'm feeling better. I've got things more under control. I'm, I'm in a much better place mentally and physically. I can give because I know how much it's needed. And when originally it didn't meet the needs that I had, I felt really lost and alone. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll go figure it out, see, see what it's all about By the time we were done with that training, I was still really nervous, but I knew that I wanted to get something going here in Utah County. And so uh, there was another gal at the meeting and neither one of us wanted to take it on alone, (laughs) but we decided that together we could do it. And so we've been doing these support groups now in Utah County for six or seven years now, and it's been wonderful. And it's been most of the meetings, I can't say all of them, most of the meetings, I think everyone leaves uplifted, and that to me is the goal of the support groups—to feel supported—to—to to leave. In fact, our last, our last meeting that we had, um, one of my gals, was just so frustrated, and this is this is super common. We we all go through it, but it's it's so heart wrenching. The person I used to be, I don't know where she is. I feel completely worthless, and like a burden on all of the people who love me, even with, even with COVID, there are some, you know, there are some protocols that you just kind of throw out the window, a big hug and lots of tears, reassurance that she's an amazing person and trying to help her see the good that she brings into everyone's lives around her and the strength that she has. It's been such such a blessing for me to be able to help our group strengthen each other through each other's talents and strengths. I mean we're all we're all different, but we're all the same, but we're all different. <laughs> and just to just to help these people, we've got ladies and men, but to help these people see that yes, there are other people who feel like this. Yes, you're still important. Yes, you're still good. Every day is going to be different, but you're enough. Every Every day, your best looks a little different. And it's been a real struggle for me. It's still a struggle for me. You know, I go to bed some nights and think, wow, that was 24 wasted hours. What did I do? Nothing. And I really have to hunt hard to find something that I did that made that day's living worthwhile and i've been diagnosed for 20 years 21 years and i still go through it it's hard you lose you lose that old you you know they they've been tossing it around a lot with covid but new normal you have a new normal and and that's not so hard but your new normal changes every day So,
0: but yet you work every day and you've raised a family of three kids and run a household. So, I mean, it's interesting to hear that you still have those days where you feel like you, what, that it wasn't worth it.
1: Well, it's not the day. It wasn't worth it. It's just, that I don't feel like I contributed anything to that day. You know, it's so hard to see from yourself what your little successes are. You know, like I said, that's something that I still fight with almost every single day. Very rarely do I go to bed and say, "What a great day that was!" I feel like I accomplished so much and helped people. You know, usually I'm just like, oh. but I try to make a conscious effort to be optimistic about it all. I'm a, I'm definitely a silver linings kind of girl. I get down on that and I think, okay, so it's been a nothing day. There's got to be something. <laughs> There's got be something I did, and and you know, even if it's. When I was on playground duty today, there was a kid that that fell down and scraped her knee. And I was able to to give her a hug and a band-aid and, and I helped her smile through her tears. Okay, good. There's my silver lining for that day. You know, but just just it's a conscious effort and a continuous battle to stay optimistic and, and keep that fight going.
0: Yeah. It's interesting that you would say that because I think everybody, no matter what they're going through, really needs to give an award sometime throughout the day of like, hey, good job, or I did this, or I saw this, or I, you know, there's the sunset or there's, you know, the birds singing or whatever it is. I think we all, it would elevate our days if we go to bed at night and think something good came from this day. And I love it because you're naturally doing that because you are the silver lining person you're already seeing and trying every day to find that good thing. And so that's a great example because it would be easier to just feel sorry and feel useless and stay in bed, not get up the next day and just give up. That's the easy thing.
1: Well, and there are days for, for people who have lupus, for people who have any kind of disease or disability or whatever there are days when your body says this is what you have to do today you get up you take a shower that's your accomplishment that day there you go that's that's some days that's a big deal that's a big deal um and we just we just i have to realize that every day is different but every day is perfect in its own way because we're here we're still alive we're able to able to smile through the tears, and hopefully help someone else smile along the
0: way. That's what it's all about. And that's what I have been so drawn to you for the 15 years I've known you Is even though I know you struggle, and this is a, a disease you're dealing with, you wouldn't, I would never know if I didn't know, because you <laughs> are one of the most pleasant, positive people to be around. And um, I love that you Started this support group and are putting the twist on it of this is this is a positive place to be and this is an encouraging place to gather and we're gonna all support each other and that's what support groups should be and so I'm glad that you saw that and made that change and are that for other people so it's amazing you're such an inspiration I love this so much you're so great (laughs) you're sweet I've been blessed to know you so thank you and I know it hasn't been an easy road but you make it sound like it's doable.
1: It is doable. It is doable. And I think so much of it has to do with mindset. I've got friends who are hospitalized yet still posting things on Facebook, like today totally stinks and I feel horrible, but I'm a warrior. I'm a fighter and I'm not giving up. And those are things that inspire me. I look at so many of these people that I know and have come to love over the years who truly are suffering daily. And I see their strength and I see their their fight and I see their moxie. And I'm just like, you are Wonder Woman or Superman. And I just so admire their fighting spirit and, and the, the never give up Attitude, you know, I may lay down, but I won't stay down. Mm. These people have, have helped me grow and, and become stronger because I see them in hard parts of their lives and I see them overcome. And it's such an inspiration to me, surrounded by these people. And I know that I need that inspiration. And so I intentionally try to surround my people, my myself with people like that. So I think kind of been the whole support was a little bit selfish, but, <laughs> but it, you know, you find ways to make it.
0: I Love it. That's so great. <laughs> if that's what selfish looks like to you, then please keep doing it. That's great. <laughs> Not that I'm surprised, but I'm like, wow, I didn't realize the story. I didn't know the story. So this is amazing. You're a fighter too.
1: All about our stories. Yeah, Every we did. Single one of us has a story that people don't know anything about because um, we we hide our stories we don't get them out a lot and even as open as I've been about lupus um, in my life and the life of my family and and other things you know we've got different issues every family every person has their struggles I look at it as a privilege when someone lets me in to see their heartache to see their their struggles and and to trust me to help them get through it. What a compliment doesn't even seem to do it justice, but what a privilege to be let into people's lives to help them with things. And it just, it it is such a blessing.
0: That's because you are light and people need light in their lives. So they see light from you and they want to let it in. So thank you for being that to other people. Thank you
1: like yammered and knocked their ear off here but I'm like you asked for it Kim. Yep.
0: <laughs> bring it on
1: bring it on <laughs> and I look at the list of the people that you've interviewed and I'm just kind of going oh that's an incredible person that's an incredible person when in the world is she talking to me for
0: <laughs> now we know why now we know I, why I
1: honored to be among your group of incredible people and I feel like I pale in comparison but I'm happy to be part of that group <laughs>
0: You're amazing. You are definitely a light and an inspiration to me and to others. So thank you. And you're so sweet and humble about it, but keep keep fighting the fight. Keep keep doing it because you're doing a great job and people need that. They need that light. So thank you. The next step is making a nonprofit organization. Oh, wow. I've got
1: everything ready except for my courage.
0: Except okay. for what?
1: Courage. Oh. <laughs> I I'm, I'm afraid to take that beast on. Uh, there are a couple people that can help me, but you know, it's, it's, I've got to, ah, it's crazy. I think about that and my head just explodes. It's really hard to commit when you don't know what your health is going to be like from one day to another. And so it's, it's tricky. Nonprofit would help with education and with awareness. And hopefully, as it gets moving, we could do things like medication assistance. Um, and provide things like that for those who are are maybe less financially stable you know working with SSI working with getting people on disability who can't work because so many are affected in ways that that affect our income like I couldn't work more than half time if I tried I just need to kind of make my vision smaller I think and then it might not be so intimidating but I think of the big everything, you know, it's like, let's have flyers in every rheumatologist's office. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's have a walk and just
0: <laughs> and then you sit down and go, I'm tired. <laughs> that was know, the end of that. Like, yeah. and, well, I think that would be hard. It's like a catch 22. Like your, your spirit and mind wants to develop this amazing nonprofit that will help so many people and your body's going, um, yeah, not today. Yeah. Definitely yeah. need to partner up with some people. So
1: I've got to find some people, some healthy people. That's yeah. what I need to do, is find some healthy people because I've got a lot of loopies that are willing to play the game, but, but we don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, when your health is so iffy like that.
1: You know, we've just been going it alone. Utah yes, county, yeah. is the most active county in the state right now. But but the people up in there are people up in Ogden, there are people in Salt Lake, there are people in St. George. St. George is just dying for a chapter. They've they've got a couple of little people that stay active on their facebook page but they're just dying for a chapter i did some math there over over 14 000 people in utah with lupus wow there are a lot of us and not everyone needs the support but those who do you know, getting the information out so that those who have it don't feel like they're
0: alone one of these days do it. that's awesome that's exciting <laughs> you're awesome Heidi. you're that's awesome great. so <laughs> thank you I definitely admire you. So thank you. Thank you for sharing. You're still here? Well, then click on the next episode to get more lemonade.